Hello, welcome to the Proskauer Benefits Brief, legal insights on employee benefits and executive compensation. I'm Katrina McCann, I'm an associate in the New York office, and on today's episode I'm joined by Paul Hamburger, a partner in our DC office, and we're going to talk about the 10 things you need to know to survive an IRS audit. So Paul, IRS audits are nothing new, but what can you tell us about the trends these days? Where are we seeing the most IRS audits and what are they looking at? What are they after? Any plan can be audited really at any time. But the IRS is now really focused on what are called Employee Plans Team Audits, or EPTA, E-P-T-A, audits. These audits are audits of large plans, defined as plans covering 2,500 or more participants. What the IRS has found is that even though the number of plans in this category are fewer than 1% of the total number of plans out there, these plans cover approximately 60% of all participants and nearly 70% of all plan assets. These large plan audits are really an outgrowth of the IRS audit initiative for large business audits, and it enables the IRS to bring in a whole group of tax specialists, accountants, actuaries, computer data specialists, etc., who can look at the overall compliance process. They can look at an employer's internal controls and then they can match up deductions with compensation, and they can match up all of the various systems that are impacting plan administration. They shoot for about 100 of these EPTA audits per year, and they try to balance a number of factors, including geographically, trying to make sure that they're getting plans from all around the country, and then they scour the news, SEC filings, 5500 filings, and other areas or outlets of information where they can learn more about companies that are engaging in certain transactions which may raise questions about how those actions are impacting plan administration. At the end of the day, these are comprehensive audits. They are not issue-specific audits although the IRS, of course, does still do issue-specific audits. But these EPTA audits really have a broader goal, and that goal is to ensure overall compliance more than it is to impose a sanction. With that framework in mind, whether you're subject to an EPTA audit, a random audit of a smaller plan, or an issue-specific audit, I understand you have 10 tips for surviving the IRS audit process. What are the first couple of steps? Thanks. I do have a few steps to go through, and step one is don't panic. The first thing in human nature takes over when you get this scary-looking IRS letter saying your plan has been selected for audit, and right away the instinct is to be afraid that something is wrong. These are standard letters, and you should read them carefully, identify the IRS contact, and then take on a deliberative process of locating all of the relevant documents and developing a list of internal and external resources that can help guide you through the process. That might be internal counsel, outside counsel, tax specialists, and others who may have been involved in plan administration. Step two is be prepared. You want to make sure that you've organized all of your documents by plan. This is particularly helpful if the IRS is looking at more than one plan. They might be looking at a 401k plan, for example, and a retirement plan. If that happens, make sure you've got all of your documents and all of your systems ready and available for review plan by plan. 
Second, you want to make sure you conduct your own review. You should do an internal compliance review, what you find and disclose to the IRS before the IRS finds it is going to go a long way towards helping to mitigate your exposure to IRS penalties. In this context, make sure you look for recurring issues. We've been involved in a number of these audits and we know what the IRS is looking for. They're looking for issues related to distributions. They're looking for issues related to eligibility and coverage. They're also looking at compensation definitions to make sure that they align with what is being done in practice and a number of other issues that could involve defined benefit plans and or defined contribution plans. And then know the IRS rules and procedures. That's all part of being prepared so that when you go down the road into this process, you're well armed and you feel much more confident in dealing with the IRS reviewer. So we've followed these first two tips. We are calm, we're prepared. What's our next step? Next step is to set up a meeting with the IRS. You want to have an initial meeting with the IRS, the person who's going to be doing the reviews, as well as perhaps the person's supervisor. You want to make sure that you bring to that meeting your outside counsel, as well as your senior tax person who's used to doing these audits. If you don't have a senior tax person who's used to doing IRS audits, it may be better to just let outside counsel run that meeting and meet with the IRS. The purpose of that meeting is really to set expectations, set the ground rules for how the audit is going to go, and find out how information flows are going to work. What you want to try to avoid in that meeting is to have people volunteer information to the IRS about the plan before the IRS has even begun its search. There's no need to really do the IRS work for them. Just take it one step at a time and let the IRS identify those issues. And in that regard, you want to listen for clues. The IRS will often uh, tip their hand, if you will, and give you a hint as to what it is that they're going to be looking at in more depth. Next, as a part of that, step four, the IRS is going to ask a bunch of questions. You want to make sure that you only answer the questions that are asked and asked in a process known as the IDR, or Information Document Request Process. Create a log of all of these requests. The IRS is generally required to issue an IDR for each specific question or document that they wish to review further. Of course, if the IRS asks a question in a meeting uh, or orally requests information over the telephone, you want to be helpful but you still need to be firm that you'd like to make sure that you've created the record through the IDR process. That record can come in handy if you ever need it on an appeal. Related to that, step five is not only answer the question, but actually answer the question. Often, there are lags between the time when the IRS asks the question and the time when the taxpayer responds. IRS auditors have frequently said one of the things that really drives them nuts is when taxpayers drag their feet and don't provide the information requested. It tends to look to an IRS agent as if the taxpayer has something to hide or is trying to misdirect the IRS. You don't want to do that. You want to make sure you've answered the questions and you've set expectations and you've met your disclosure deadlines. If you promised something by a certain date and can't deliver, be proactive. 
call the IRS. Tell them, I know we said we would get it on this date. Something came up. Can we get it to you on a different date? But you want to try to make sure that you meet all of the deadlines that you impose and that you agree to. On a related note, working with the IRS throughout this process, what's tip six? Tip six is to be friendly and not adversarial. It is an adversary process, and it can be frustrating sometimes, but the IRS is willing to work with you through an EPTA audit. So you would like to make sure that you can establish a good working relationship with that IRS auditor. They will likely be around for at least six months. Sometimes they're around for a lot longer. And so you want to have a good working relationship. That way you can also establish some of the good faith defenses that you likely are going to want to assert in the event that any sanctions are imposed. As this process is wrapping up and issues are being identified, what are your next couple of tips for surviving the process? Step seven, propose solutions. There's no question that this is a human endeavor and there's no question that people make mistakes, including plan administrators. And when those mistakes happen, you need to be prepared to offer a solution. So if the IRS has asked a question about a particular practice and that has disclosed to you an administrative error, go back to the IRS and say, here is the error we found and here is how we propose to fix that error. Give the IRS that complete fix right up front. The reason for that is that number one, you can avoid the IRS imposing a solution on you that might not work for you or working in your environment. Second, the IRS may be prepared to say, well, that's great. Since you have fully vetted this problem and you've closed out the issue, we'll move on and we're not going to use that as a basis of any future sanction. So it goes a long way towards demonstrating good faith. At the end of the day, of course, if there is a sanction imposed, then step eight is you need to be prepared to negotiate over that sanction amount. The IRS doesn't hold all the cards. Taxpayers also have opportunities to negotiate over the sanction amount and to bring those sanction amounts in line with an appropriate sanction relative to the nature of the failure. If all else fails, and the IRS is not prepared to move off of whatever the number is, and you need to go to appeals, step nine is to understand your appeal rights. The IRS will disclose those appeal rights at the beginning of the audit. You should read them and know where you might be headed. Even if you don't end up at appeals uh, over a particular sanction amount, you will want to know the process so that you can lay the groundwork up front in the event that you do need to go to appeals. But if you understand the timing involved with various appeals rights and you understand the process, it can help you work through whatever the stumbling block is once the IRS has imposed its proposed sanction. Thanks, Paul, for guiding us through the process. What is your final tip for surviving an IRS audit? The final tip is the same as the first tip, which is don't panic. There are lots of resources to help you through the process. Outside counsel can definitely help. We've been through a number of these audits and we are familiar not only with audits, audit processes, and auditors, 
but also strategies into how to deal with IRS audits. So don't panic. Resources are there. Take advantage of them, and you will find that you can work your way through an IRS audit with a minimum amount of exposure to penalties and hopefully no penalties at all. Thank you for joining us today on the Proskauer Benefits Brief. Stay tuned for more legal insights on employee benefits and executive compensation, and be sure to follow us on iTunes.